Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we'll offer the staples. You know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with a cursory helping of veggies. Ed certainly appreciates that. In addition to the staples, the best buffets serve up a mishmash of food items that are too hard to pronounce but are a necessity. So we'll offer up a smorgasbord of special items too. Our Business Buffet podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet podcast wherever you download your podcast. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed and Phil. Welcome to another episode of Business Buffet. Today we are going to, first of all, you know what, I, before we get into this, can I just ask how you're doing? You know, I'm doing really good. I'm kind of tired. I'm kind of tired. We got a puppy. <laughs> you did make mention of the puppy last time. That's why we've moved from your palatial studios um, over to a coffee shop here in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Well, but, it's more than just a coffee shop. This is the Innovation Collective. It's, it's kind of like a business incubator for those of you listening. It's got a coffee shop, but it's it's got common work area, and it's got a good vibe. It does have a good vibe. Uh, good people are running it. Uh, they're starting up all across the nation. Uh, we'll even give you an idea of their podcast down the road when we know that they have more episodes. But we don't want to we don't want to jump the gun on that. We're in a bit of a competition with them to see if we can get more episodes of these out. This is episode five, not that we're keeping score. No, not that we're keeping track, but I'll, this is episode five. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, selling need over want. What exactly does that even mean? In sales, is it better to sell what the customer thinks it wants instead of what you know the customer needs? Not that we know uh, more about our client and customer than they may, but uh, as a, as a, provider of solutions to our clients and customers, it is sometimes a, we're a, a little bit more objective. Uh, and so my question is, in fact, I had this conversation with somebody about this exact topic and it, it seemed like a perfect topic for this podcast because we all as we're all in sales, it doesn't matter what we do. We, we can't we do are, anything until we sell it. That's right. Uh, and I will say my youngest daughter years ago, when I told her this, I said, Tabitha, we are all in sales. She's like, Dad, I'm a student. I'm like, really? Last week you uh, didn't do your homework. And I remember you telling me uh, this morning, you told your teacher that like the dog ate your homework. Did your teacher buy that? What you were selling? It's like, ah, I get it. We are all in sales, okay? So we are encountered with situations where we are offered an opportunity, offered up an opportunity where we have a chance to sell something, but it's not the best solution. What do we do in that case? And where does the integrity of uh, business integrity come into play? Is it better to sell what the customer wants, even though you know what they need is something different? And it could even be less expensive, but it also could be more expensive. You know, it's a dynamite question. When you presented this topic, it conjured up a thought that was a pivotal point in my business's history. I'm, I'm one of those kind of guys, I went through the Sandler training system, Sandler sales 
training system. Not Adam Sandler. No, selling in three circles, the power to get to the no, you know, all of these um, seven no's to get to a yes. Presumptive type sales pressure tactics, and I I took all of that training on purpose so that I knew what not to do exactly during the sales thing. I I hated slimy salespeople. I always felt that all they cared about was just prying me from my dollars. Just to, to drift a little bit, I was the type of person that would literally walk into a shoe store, be greeted by a nice shoe salesperson asking me, what can I help you find today? And, and I would answer, I'm just here to browse. When that was a lie, I was there to buy a pair of shoes. But I digress. <laughs> I got Common a, theme. I got a referral from a friend dear, dear friend of mine. This friend and I, we started an organization together. We worked basically arm in arm uh, to develop a, a really big organization. Uh, one, what I would classify as one of my best friends. And he referred a young lady to me. Let's be she, honest, everybody is younger. Oh, sure. Okay. Thank you. And uh, I took the phone call and I agreed to meet with her knowing that I couldn't help her, knowing this was not a job that I wanted to do. What my friend had sold to her was something she didn't need, something she wanted, but I knew in my heart it wasn't what she needed. However, this is my friend. I can't tell her no on the phone. I'm going to sit down mano a mano, eyeball to eyeball, and I'm going to tell her no, why I can't help her what I feel she should do instead. And we started that meeting. And the, I, I kid you not, Phil, the first words out of this woman's mouth were, I hate to start the meeting this way, but honestly, if this doesn't work, I'm going to go out of business. Well, there's no pressure there. Oh, my goodness. I was, like, devastated. I can't tell this woman no now. Yeah. Pressure's a privilege. Yeah. So to answer your question, do we give them what they want or what they need? I really believe that we should always present the need. But if the customer wants it, I'm, I'm in business to provide the server service my customer wants. I had a conversation this morning with um, a, a long time ago, I played football. This is a guy that I played football with. Is that why you have that twitch? It could be. I got hit a lot of times usually on the lookout block. For those listening that played with me, if you're on the line, sorry, dude, just block the guys. Uh, so this conversation I had, this guy ended up going to play on uh, play football for the University of Washington, go Huskies. And he's now selling cars. And he was very excited about this uh, special that I had. And he said, that, you know, there are, we have been told by our owner that we need to start personally branding ourselves. So I created a Facebook page, which is why he invited me to like his page. Those that are friends, I will look at the page and I'm like, ay, 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 this guy needs help. This is okay. He doesn't know the first thing about social media, marketing and social media, which I believe is a uh, engagement and social thing over business marketing. It's a right cocktail party. It is a cocktail party. <laughs> and in fact, I used that analogy with him this morning. But he was very quick to say, this sounds great. There's 12 of us. Can you do that for each of us? I said, well, <clears throat> yeah, I can. 
but here's what I would suggest because, and I didn't tell him this, I, I think that's uh, setting up for failure by doing all 12, same location, uh, that's asking a lot. So I said, let's do this. Let's get you going uh, for a couple, three months on this, you know, promotional package and, and let's get you where you need to be and the others will follow. So I'm saying no to 12 different new clients, which would be great for me. Nice income if you can get it. That's right off the bat. But I actually said, let's go ahead and take a step back and let's get you going. By, by doing that, I'm create a model in which I can use to, for the other ones, which they'll all have different target demographics. And I, and I explained to him, look, you're going to say yes to anybody who walks through the door, but there are going to be a select few that are in your target demographic that you resonate with. That's your wheelhouse. And those are the people that every one of you has one of those ideal targets, ideal customers. What does that look like? Let's go ahead and go for to them. Uh, but I didn't want to say yes to that right, right off the bat. You still got to be able to look yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, honest, honestly, when it comes right down to it, and I actually have this in my notes, if you continue to make as much money as possible from a client, you, you end up running the risk that that client goes out of business. There, where, where are you? I have had more conversations with employees, regular employees, and I will walk in and we'll be, he'll be showing me, he or she will be showing me a product. They will say, uh, I, I, was, I don't want to waste your time. I was, hey, I get paid by the hour. I really don't like that comment at all. I, and that's like an employee that's not taking ownership into their role in the business. And I will usually respond with, well, if you take as long as possible to do something, this company will go out of business. And I know, yeah, they'll go get another job because that's the mentality of many employees. But I just don't like that at all. You know, and I've used the line, um, well, I, I serve at your pleasure, not mine. Meaning, sorry it's taken me so long to get you the information that I promised you. And then I tell them, I'm on your time, not my time. I, I have used that line, but it's a different meaning. It is putting the service first. It's giving the, the client, in this case, what they need. They need more time. It doesn't matter to me that they don't have what I need to do my job for them. They need more time in order to get it. So I'm mean, this is an oversimplification of what you're asking, but I think it goes to the core of the question. Do we give them what they want or what they need? I just kind of default to what they need. So uh, when you mentioned uh, a, a story within our conversation here today, it conjured up uh, an experience I had when I worked at a lumberyard in West Seattle. And I'm going to share that with you here uh, after the break. Today's Business Buffet podcast is brought to you by Zenith Exhibits. Let's be honest, whether we're in business or not, we all know someone that asks the question, do you know of anyone who builds websites? The problem is the answer is yes. And I say it's a problem because there are horror stories after horror stories about bad sites gone wrong. Zenith Exhibits is completely different and they don't just say it, they prove it. They have built over 1,800 websites and they average between 120 
and 125 a year now. That's a lot of websites and they do it with their client in mind. The websites that Ed and Zenith Exhibits build have a look that is tailored to the client with unmatched SEO and they are completed start to finish within two weeks and many times within a week. Nobody can match the speed and quality of Zenith Exhibits and all this for under a grand. Not only that, Zenith Exhibits offers a full range of marketing elements including trade show displays and exhibits as well as promotional products. Because most folks haven't had the that the the keep bleh, going. Bleh, you just bleh. take it out. Because most folks haven't the first clue what to do at a trade show, Zenith Exhibits offers training that will get your people noticed above all the other trade show noise and competition. When you're ready for that website to be built, give Zenith Exhibits a try. Zenithexhibits.com or 208-209-7170. Let them know you contacted them because of the business buffet. Welcome back to the Business Buffet Podcast. Uh, before, before we went to the break, I alluded to a story, and this really has less to do with uh, selling need over want and a back to a customer service story that I had, and then I'm gonna, I've got a question for Ed, but it's funny, the things we do to go, th- go through the motions of showing that we care to our customers and clients. I, when I worked at uh, Lumberyard in West Seattle, the owner of the lumberyard, a guy named Jim Sweeney, and the lumberyard was Alki Lumber. We had a, a customer come in and asked for a particular plywood. I honestly said birch plywood or something. And I said, you know, we don't have any in stock right now. He says, are you sure? I'm, like, I'm pretty sure. Jim overheard this. He was the owner of the, of the lumberyard. He said, let's just go take a look and double check. Come with me. So I walked out with the owner of the lumberyard. And I said, Jim, I, I know we're out of this. He says, oh, I know. But what the customer sees right now is that we're going to double check on their behalf. And that, that lesson has, ring, has rung true, ringed? Ringed, rung? Rung, true since that day on. And I just felt the need to throw that in there because honestly, uh, what's the chances that we may be mistaken? And if we are, we are a hero. Well, this we kind of goes through. this goes back to the first episode we did on customer service. Exactly. And still speaks to need versus want. Sometimes what a customer wants is they just want to be heard. That's a, and, and really, that is absolutely true. Going back to the lumberyard, there was actually a lot of times where I would have the opportunity of selling multiple products. And uh, there were plenty of times, I'll just use a lock set, you know, a, a doorknob. One sells for 25 bucks, the other sells for 35 bucks. And uh, I would tell the customer, in all honesty, this $25 lock set is just fine for what you need. Do you realize the credibility I've just gained? Now, I'm, we may or may not make a bigger margin on that, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because in this instance, that particular quality didn't come into play. It wasn't worth the $10 extra. and. They may still buy the 35, but no, they know I didn't push for the higher price thing. There are some things that are actually worth the higher price, but most, most things are not that way. You know, I, when I first started my business, I, I started as a trade show company. Web development was completely out, not in my radar. 
It wasn't something that I was even considering doing. Although you look back on it, and a trade show display and a website are remarkably similar. They, they, they happen to do just about the exact same thing. So when I started building websites, long story short, I wasn't charging very much at all. To me, I, I built them very fast. It was just a matter of getting paid for the time that I was doing. And as I was building more and more websites, the complexity of the websites started to come into play. They started to get more and more complicated. I'm telling this story because there's a pivotal point in my business where this friend that I was re referring to earlier in the podcast laid on me a line that I remember to this day. I was sitting there talking to another prospect and I knew what they wanted was far greater than what my time allotment would have allowed for. And I shared with, with this friend afterwards the dilemma that I was in, that um, I felt what they needed was something more than what this particular package was offering. And I had something to offer them, but it was a lot more expensive. And I didn't feel comfortable selling it to them. It was did what you, they needed. Did you did you let them know about it? We, you know, I. It was my first time dealing with this situation. I didn't deal with it very well. Uh, and then I went to my friend, and we had coffee every week, and I shared the story. And uh, again, I'll never forget. Here's the words that he gave me. He said, "You know, Ed, as a salesman, if you know you've got a product to solve their problem, you're obligated. You are obligated to sell that to them." Or at least bring it up. Well, he used the word sell. He did. He used the word sell, and it was kind of a, an epiphany. It opened my mind up to, you know, maybe salesmen aren't all sleazy people. Maybe a salesman sometimes has to use those sales techniques. Selling benefit over feature? Yeah, in order to get somebody into what they really need. And that, that lesson stuck to me, and I think is appropriate for our topic today I think we should always give the client what they need even if we have to argue with them that it's in contour to what they want uh, it, when it comes down to pricing uh, and cost there are those few and far between clients that actually understand the benefit of a package that's a little bit more expensive. Uh, again, it comes back down back to solving a problem and then forgetting about that problem now because they've got this product or service so that they can spend their time in a more efficient way, which we talked about last time, in time management because they are uh, not spending time spinning their wheels doing other things. Right. So, we are going to wrap up today's uh, episode, but I do have a quote. Oh, we haven't done a quote in the last couple of episodes. I know, because you just like put a bow on it and then I and just start crying. I but, am that way. It's kind of like a, a premature compilation. <laughs> Be really careful how you say that. Oh, let's get back to this quote. Real and this has a lot to do with today's topic. Real and by the way, integrity is huge in business. It's essential. 
And when we talk about need over want or want over need, it is a critical component of business integrity. Because if you have a great relationship with your client or customer where they trust you, that goes miles and miles. And now you don't want to ruin that trust, but they've, they've given you a longer leash of more trust. Well, Stephen Covney Jr. talked about that in his book, The Speed of Trust. When we can get beyond all of the distrusting behavior that is traditional in business, the efficiency by which we can operate our business is greatly improved. It's absolutely essential, you're right. So with that in mind, today's quote, real integrity is doing the right thing, knowing that nobody's going to know whether you did it or not. Your friend and mine, Oprah Winfrey. Thank you for listening all the way through this. Again, subscribe if you would, if you can, if you would do that mean a lot to us. Until next time, we are full here at the Business Buffet. Thank you for listening to today's Business Buffet podcast. If you came in hungry for some business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.